0: Joe presents Baz and Andrews House of Rugby,
1: together with Guinness. Hello, and you're very welcome to Baz and Andrews House of Rugby here on Joe together with Guinness. We've a top show for you today. We'll be joined on the show by Munster and Ireland forward Tyde Byrne, and uh, we're really looking forward to that. Producer Pat caught up with John Cooney also recently, so we'll hear a little about about that uh, from their chat. And we will also be heading back to the year 2000 for our classics uh, game. Album, movie, um, all from the month of May in the year two thousand. We have Monster versus Toulouse in Bordeaux in the European Cup semi-final. Russell Crowe in Gladiator and Eminem's Martial Matters LP. Um, but first, some of you penguins uh, may have already seen Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby is moving from today and each week thereafter. Uh, you can find the video version of our show, Baz and Andrews House of Rugby, on YouTube. Channel features some exclusive footage and videos and funny tales from some of our top highlights from the last two seasons. Have you seen any of the videos, Trimby?
2: I have. The cartoon, you mean? We're talking about the cartoon, Sean O'Brien's cartoon.
1: Yeah. <laughs> It's incredible. That's, that's, that one and the you the Polly, there's a few poly story one that's been uh mashed together and there's the best of Jerry Flannery. Um but the cartoon is next level. It's incredible. I'd love to be able to do that. I'd love I to know. be able to make something like that. Sean O'Brien always kind of he he was at some point he should have deserved to turn into a cartoon. He's he's he suits it really well, <laughs> isn't he? So um he's got fa- um
2: the the cartoonist impression of him is that is kind of like a gummy. Like a butthead kind of theme. Kind of looks like a or beavis beavis or butthead, Yes, one or the other. Beavis
1: and butthead, yeah. it is, yes. Yeah. yeah. Gary our uh tech illustration extraordinaire probably came from an era where Beavis and Butthead were mm. were quite big, so might might have been. I love his eyes as well. The way his eyes yeah. move it's, it's hilarious. His eyes tell the story um, by themselves. It, it, it <laughs> a lot about where he's at and where. And he's <laughs> so
2: excited that he's been teed up to tell that story.
3: <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, I know because um, I think it was Ferg told me. That's one of his favorite stories. I assume it seems, yeah, it yeah, seems very well rehearsed. Like he's absolutely <laughs> yeah. every moment he of that story. Did.
1: Every detail is, is yeah. spot on. Yeah, you're right. We can oh, apart from uh, apart
2: from you were like a cold spring though, but every it was almost like you were anticipating um he was going to mention his cousin's mother. Um, <laughs> fraction
1: of a second later your aunt <laughs> <laughs> your aunt <laughs> <laughs> like, dis- really distant points. relation yeah he's no yeah. idea who that he's no idea who that woman is or how she's related to him in any way not a clue um, all right look we've loads to talk about we've uh, we've a lot of business to get through in this opening section and pat has put the timer on us cuz we're taking the piss with these opening monologues at the moment so he wants us having the amount of time that we have before we get uh, a tigburn on the show um, now hey, so ladies you're, and gents you're talking
2: you're talking twice as fast. How am I? Squeezing I'm... The same the content
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've had a lot of coffee this morning. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, we don't have this Trimble, you're not just any old Andrew Trimble this week. You're a new, improved, sexier Andy Trimble. Andy Trimble. Because you've been crowned the 33rd sexiest man in Northern Ireland.
2: Guilty?
1: What guilty? Wow!
2: It's it's a, it's a it's an absolute indictment on the standard of sexiness in Northern Ireland. <laughs> feel, Don't be so modest. I feel, how, you must
1: feel. Do you feel sexy?
2: Um, it gave me it gave me a little bit of extra confidence that day. Since then, I suppose you know, I've kind of my confidence has gone back down to how, how sexy I felt just before that. I was
1: one. I was I was going to ask how long how long do you reckon it would last? The sexiness. Not long. Confident I boost. Well yeah. you're well i I I was I was confident for you and I was delighted for you when I saw your name, but then I only had to scroll a few places to realise that <laughs> the, the dickless eunuch from Game of Thrones was <laughs> was sexier than you. <laughs> so I was like, nah, that kinda although he's uh he scrubs up in real life, doesn't he? Oh really? Eunuch. Yeah, he looks well. I looked him Fairies up. Yeah. It's amazing what a dick will do for your sexiness. He, uh, <laughs> they take him off Game of Thrones. He's way sexier. He's, yeah. got, a, he's got hair. He's...
2: They should have really compared like for like. They should have had um a really um uh, like a, a sexiest person in Ireland and it should just been a, a dickless category and it should have been stringer and varies <laughs> 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 And then the rest of it also battle out. I'll get moved up a place. I'll be 32nd.
1: Yeah, you would. Yeah. Um, oh, it's great. Uh, have you been shoving it in Anna's face at all? You've been, been using completely, it.
2: I completely forget to keep that. Uh, there's a few times, M- uh, mate's managed to lag me, and I keep thinking, i must send that on to Anna. <laughs> I, I'd <be> keen, <laughs> no, be keen, I'd be keen for her
1: to be mindful of how lucky she is, exactly. That's what I was thinking. I, I'd be <laughs> flaunting that stuff. Like,
3: all about you know, it. my,
1: my, I said this to my, my, my dad, and uh he reminded me that there was a limerick's top 50 sexiest men back in maybe 2008 or 2009 and uh i was a lo- i was i was sexier back then and there was a small it's a small pool of people so i made it We're gonna need a number. <laughs> i was i was in i was in the teens oh that's and good. my my brother was also way back like in the 40s my dad beat the two of us and was what? in i think he was number 11 or something like that uh As the 11th sexiest man in Limerick It's been unbelievable
2: Yeah, so um there was really only one man in your family Didn't make the top 50 sexiest man in Limerick Yeah, the other brother's not sexy at all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Well, I, I don't find him sexy <laughs> uh Whereas my uh, dad was He was fairly sexy He had the Tash He's actually grown back to the Tash But he had a sexy Tash for years Yeah And jet black hair Kind of People would what well, he would have claimed, he was like Magnum PI, um, Tom Selleck. I would say more Basil Fawlty in my in my eyes, like <laughs> less. A couple of um, smolderingly couple sexy, and more goofy, goofy, and, <laughs> yeah. get goofy yeah. and gangly. <laughs>
2: yeah. uh, we had a couple of um, uh, the women's team on, and, and a couple of couple of guys made comments about your dad. Mm. Is that right? Does this ring a bell? Who was this? This conversation rings a
1: bell. Um Neve Briggs.
2: Yeah, she loves the my dad. That. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. She,
1: she does. Yeah. I think that yeah, if they're if it ever goes south with either of their partners, then you never know. She could yeah. become my new my new mom. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Sorry, You're mom. not my
1: real mom,
2: yeah.
1: Nave. <laughs> oh, you what to do. <laughs> Just because you beat the all blacks doesn't mean you're my mom. Get just because I didn't. Yeah, yeah, that's that's good. Yeah,
2: good stuff. The uh, the eight day turnaround, I think, has been good for us this week. I think mm. we should always, um, we should only really, we should release. Really, we're not going to be a slave to this week <laughs> that <laughs> society has created. We're going to yeah. uh, put a podcast out every eight days because feels like we've ju- there's just been an extra day of, of of be missing each
1: other. That's so good. Very, mm. very good. Yeah, the eight-day It was always such a brilliant bonus when you were playing to get that extra added day. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So to have that day yesterday to do the prep that I should have done, but I didn't do because um, I was just too too busy messing around. Um, <clears throat> but I did watch uh, Normal People last night. Okay, I haven't finished it yet. And I, I know you started, well, you've read the book. You've read the entire book. I've read uh, half the book. Um, but I've 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 watched up to episode ten. So I've two episodes left. So don't ruin it for me. Um but my goodness, it's uh, it is it was good last week, but it's unbelievable after what I saw last night. I'm just blown away. Um best thing can, I've ever seen. Can
2: we say what you've seen? So I I up here on BBC iPlayer, I player, I assume people are binging it, but down there, is it coming out weekly?
1: It's coming out weekly, but most people have binged on it. But I, uh, I just didn't. I said I'd wait and let it's, it because I needed, I need space. And I'm delighted I did because I'm, I don't know, this. I'm enjoying the way I'm watching it. Like yeah. I, the one. Okay, so last night it was the depressing one. Yeah, that's right. what I wanted again. Like that's it, it is so powerful, isn't it? I had to go for. I had to go straight to the field after watching it. I was like, "Fucking, get me out of here!" I went for a walk, and it was just. It was so emotional. Um. And like, I was I had such a laugh after last week's show because Orla was like, Oh my god, he's so dreamy after last week's show. Paul, like when they were in Spain or whatever, and I was like, uh, or what's them Connell? And I was like, um, do you want me to act like him? You know. <laughs> she was there. She goes, You couldn't act like him. You could never be like him. I was like, <laughs> you bitch. So I started, I said, you know what, for the next 24 hours, I'm going to act exactly like Connell and see how you like it. And uh, he's not the most exciting lad in the world, to be honest, when you start, like, I was like, um, so uh, suppose you want to see other people? (laughs) She was like, uh, we're married three years. I was like, have you you told your friends about me? (laughs) We have three, we have two children. (laughs) <laughs> Three children <laughs> Three children <laughs> Three children, <laughs> Three children. <laughs> Three children. <laughs> What? The cat The cat The cat. That sucked you, that sucks you out of your child? character
2: Didn't it? Yeah <laughs> You thought you had an extra have child you, What?
1: Have you, have you told them about the twins? And then after after a while I was like I'm getting really bored Of being Connell So I was kind of Going to slag him on the show This morning And being like Jeez I, I know he might be dreamy And he'd probably be number one If we did a whole sexy uh, Sexy full Ireland Not just Northern Ireland He'd definitely be number one. Oh yeah But then last night After watching that show my like God, what he's gone through and that, you know, oh, I didn't want to slag him anymore. I wanted to give him a big hug.
2: Yeah, I know. You find out in in the book, that's a really douchey thing to say. Actually, in the book, you get a lot more insight into (laughs) it. Yes, it is. Because because the two of them are so thoughtful and pensive and um, like pick up on on little um, nuances and relationships and what other people are thinking, all this kind of stuff. You you, you you do get way more insight <laughs> in the book into really? what's going on in their heads and how um, he's just a lot more in, in the series I think he seems a lot more confident so that kind of pensive um, quietness I think you could say you could interpret that as confidence in the show whereas yeah. in the book you're left in no doubt he is he's anxious he, feel, he kind of uh. feels yeah he feels like he just doesn't belong anywhere um, it's it's amazing. I must say, it's powerful stuff.
1: I'm loving it. Yeah, I, I, I think that makes sense. Now they had to go a little bit. They went whole hog on getting that that message across last night with that he suffers from anxiety and that kind of yeah. stuff. Because yeah, up until that moment, I was like, "Wow, he's class. He's the he's the hero and all that." But um, yeah, it was very well done. But I'm loving the book. I am loving the detail.
2: You didn't um, see so them t- in um, uh, late, late show, did you? The James Bond. No. Uh, James corden gets them to to act out um a scene from gordon ramsay's kitchen nightmares (laughs) (laughs) why Um, because he, he feels like um no matter what they're talking about they can make it really dramatic and um captivating so there's one where gordon ramsay's like um we live in san francisco why are you why are you ordering canned crab or tinned crab (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but they but they do it and you're like new <laughs> in tears at the end of it
3: well, oh
1: because they do it in their their little way yeah
2: yeah it's brilliant oh, very well done
1: I love it um, so yeah look I look forward to getting it finished next week and we can come on and have a proper discussion about about what it's like and I'm sure I'm, Ty Brown will probably be able to come on here and talk about it as well because everyone is watching it um, any 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 um, Ginger Cat updates. We've had a lot of interest from the penguins this week. They've been brilliant getting on to me about certain things. They love and the like giving us movies, books, um alien stuff, conspiracies and then the cat again getting getting plenty of um airtime.
2: Yeah, to be fair, the cat's been very low profile um in the last week. Um she she I suppose she maybe just settled in and the the honeymoon period of Perryman Ryan and she's still being about plenty but there's no. We know her now. We know she's got that sinister, sinister side. We know hmm. she hates the kids, but she puts on a brave face. We know mm-hmm. that. <laughs> yeah. In fact, she probably hates me and Anna. She knows she's got a, a little basket it, there. She and she got some food, and we're gonna look after. Her. So anyway, she she has kind of yeah. There's not there's not much happening with raft. Ginger. She does, You need to yeah. you need
1: to go you need to go out and create some stories, man. Go out and just follow around the place. Well, maybe thing, add add another thing. animal.
2: <laughs> yes, every week. <laughs> Three yeah. a day. Sorry, it's like it's like, like big
1: like Big Brother with the cats. Just bring in different different things to to change things up a bit.
2: Yeah, we the uh, there was one one moment there this week, <clears throat> and um, I can't, I, maybe a big turning point. Um, I uh I got out, out outsmarted by Jack, and I think this is probably the 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 start of it, it where our relationship started started to turn a little bit. Um, <laughs> whenever um lockdown kind of whatever. Um, a couple of shops started open ice cream shop down in Carrick open So we went down there for an ice cream and we're sitting. And I was in the car with Katie and I was sitting just out looking at the view with Jack, the two of us just sitting there, pensive, actually a bit of a normal people moment, actually, you know, just being really intense and just thinking about <laughs> beautiful creation, right? Jack turns around to me and he goes, um, Daddy, what's the universe? <laughs> right? Oh, wow. What's the universe? And I went, Jeepers, Jack. Um,
1: Get Barry on it's, the phone. It's yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, I was like, I said, it's it's everything you see, Jack. And he goes, um, "What about that dog? <laughs> <laughs> what about that dog? Is that, Is that the universe? <laughs> <laughs> Not really, son. I'll call Barry."
1: Yeah, that it's when you you get into the nitty gritty of it, it's Mm -hmm. uh, it's pretty mind bending. (laughs) Yeah, Um, do you know what I was thinking? Uh, Federico Pucciarello, Mm. do you remember him? We Mm -hmm, need to get him on the show because he 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 kind of started me down this road years ago when he was in Munster. Um, and he broke it down for me like uh, you would to a child. So he sat me down. I remember in, in UL in that restaurant in the in the UL arena, you know? And mm-hmm. He got two he got two sugar cubes and he and he put them on the table and he was like explaining relativity to me with, with the sugar <sighs> cubes. And uh then he went do you remember the knowing that film that Nicolas Cage was in where uh it's brilliant. You should go watch that on Netflix. Hilarious mm-hmm. Nicolas Cage film, but it's kinda about uh the theory that alien beings have been placed here. Um Throughout uh, You know Civilization So like Galileo Was placed here Jesus was placed here All these different people Were placed here By aliens To help us develop uh, So it's kind of like Scientology I was there Are you a Scientologist? And he was like No, no, no I'm not Scientologist My bars. He used to come in my bars And uh, He uh, He he said Go watch this film So I went to watch it Like a Tuesday lunchtime In, in, in Limerick I think with the afternoon Off train And then we went For dinner that night And we were discussing it And uh, it's fascinating stuff like when you get into that world and he wants to be basically the president of Argentina, Federico does. So um, I was thinking, I asked him if I could maybe get on, if he does get on, you know, get in as president that he could sign me up as one of his cronies Mm. Um, and that I could just look after conspiracy theories and Uh (laughs) aliens in South America. Yeah, director of conspiracy theories. Yeah, but he'd be great addition on the show to explain that stuff to us. Um, yeah, get him on, looking and, and looking we, we it. can
2: um, we can review the knowing next week, maybe.
1: Yeah, it's it's so good. It's so bad. It's brilliant.
2: You yeah. I mean? Before we move um, on quickly, do you want to talk about Domin- Dominic Cummings?
1: Yes. So I had him down as my do's and don'ts because um, the,
2: the reason the reason why <clears throat> the reason why I wanted to talk about him was because <clears throat> sorry when he was fielding questions. Uh, last night, um, you could, you could tell he was see- like, seething, but yeah. he just was putting on such a, a calm. Like he was just on his, he was like, "I've told you what my excuses are, <laughs> yeah. right?" And in a way, I think I've seen a, a similar expression from Ginger when the kids were doing her head, and <laughs> the kids are like <laughs> patting her firmly and like slapping her in the face, and Ginger's like, "I <laughs> swear, I am gonna leave this house so, got, yeah, That was the one kind of ginger reference This week just struck, struck me last
1: night Yeah my do's and don'ts were like If you're doing a press conference To the world live um, And you're One of the most despised people In your country and everywhere you go People just want to shout at you Don't do it in your garden Where uh, one of your Neighbours is so close and aware of what you're Doing that they can ring or, or like Hoot an air horn every 3 seconds um <laughs> which i presume that's what that was or else was that set up by him as a distraction so because like when you were watching it i couldn't really listen to what he was saying i was too focused on the air horn going off um imagine, imagine that was like inception level where he had he had got someone to to press that horn so it didn't really matter what he was saying uh,
2: if 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 they're going to that level of detail um then uh, they might have redirected that detail and the time spent preparing that into preparing a better lie. <laughs> Maybe no. would be my suggestion.
1: Have you seen? Yeah, I don't know. They're 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 idiots. Like, but they um, there's a film out called I think it's called Brexit on Netflix, and it's all about him becoming uh, or or kind of achieving Brexit, and how much control he had and he's played by Benedict Cumberbatch and uh, it's just it's an absolute shit show like what he's doing and what they're all doing if this is anything to be believed um, so I don't know if, to what level of uh, you know <coughs> intelligence their planning is it's just like let's do this sounds like a good idea and they just do it um, so that was my don't my do was same thing if you're in that situation and you're Lying so much, just keep on lying because he—you can see in his face—he's like, "Oh, I don't care. You're not getting me out of this. I'm just going to keep on lying. Just keep spinning those web of lies." And you know, this, this, yeah. if by the end of it, everyone's just like, "Where do we go yeah. from here?" And
2: same answer, same answer, just same answer, same lie over and over. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and eventually, then people people got bored. Just to be fair, bored. To, yeah, they got bored that he was saved by boredom. Um, to be mm. fair, if my child, um, if Jack was crying in the back seat incessantly and wanted to go to a castle thirty miles away, I would drive wherever it took <laughs> to shut to <laughs> Jack up. Shut him up. <laughs> so I, I can I feel his pain there. There's nothing yeah. more demanding. Like not the entire population of the UK. No, no, no. Your four-year-old screaming in the backseat. I'll do whatever it takes <laughs> to yeah. stop that. To stop so I'm that. With okay. I'm with him on that one.
1: Okay, right. See that. See that's interesting. Like he's. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who are like, eh. You know, God, get over it. But, yeah. um, the, just last one final thing before we move on. I'll talk a little bit about rugby. The few chief executive uh, told reporters that. Uh, the union's hopeful roadmap back to rugby will start with interprovincial matchups, at the Viva Stadium in August, um, wrapping up uh, kind of the, the, the Guinness Pro 14 end of season with semis and finals in September, etc. And then international games in October. Um, Pat wasn't included in this briefing, by the way. Um, which is, uh, come on, Irfu, let us in, let the web people in. We do a lot free talking. We're here talking mostly about um, uh, normal people and aliens, but we do give you, I, know, I mentioned the odd time. Um, so that's great. Delighted to hear that. Light at the end of the tunnel, Andrew. Um, the Australian and New Zealand rugby unions reportedly want to cut South Africa out of the rugby championship as well as Argentina. Um which kind of is what I think Drew Mitchell was alluding to when he was on a few weeks ago, um, that they want to make it just between New Zealand and Australia. And, you know, I suppose that that competition will draw a lot more attention because like, as he was saying, the timings of games over there when, when Australians are going playing in South Africa and traveling halfway across the world and playing at you know, matches at six o'clock in the morning or seven o'clock in the morning or late at night, no one's watching them. So they just don't build up the same affiliation as it would if it was on regular times of the day
2: so yeah, i presume that's what it's about yeah and there's probably just not as much of a rivalry in general um between uh, australian teams and south african teams like Australia mm. it's australian new zealand that's the big rivalry the only thing is with um, that super tournament it, it's just ch- it's changed every single year for the last i don't know eight years nine years mm. just all it's always changing and it'd be nice to get to get settled into a routine and whenever they look at this kind of global calendar to align Northern uh, and Southern Hemisphere rugby international calendar all that kind of stuff it'd be nice then if it just if it became stable and then moved on from there um, it does seem a shame though because it, it, it's a, like the standard of the rugby the standard of the team that they're playing against obviously South African teams are strong but they've gone like, well regardless of how good competition that is we need this rivalry because we need we need supporters to be fired up and be able to identify with with that. So I assume that's the argument mm. behind that
1: yeah <clears throat> I think South African clubs would probably survive within on their own within South Africa would they um the big franchises you know it's such a huge sport down there with you know maybe not as much competition um as other sports in Australia would have with with rugby, that maybe it might survive in its own. So then Australia, New Zealand, they get stuck in in the in the uh, club side of things, and then internationally, just get everyone on the same calendar. Um, that for me, or there's talks of South African teams, more South African teams joining the European um, leagues. I don't know if that'll happen, but interesting times and what better way to do it than in times like this where everything is flipped on its head anyway might as well make some changes for the for the good
2: exactly exactly. plenty of time to sit in our centre hands and think and kind of plan and get a bit of a strategy mm. together mm. see what happens
1: a few uh, other transfer news Connor Oliver Sammy Ireland Arnold both Munster um, and Jack Ognier and Ushin Dowling both Leinster are all joining Connacht for next season um good signings anyway. I can vouch for uh for Connor and Sammy, uh, two great fellas and solid players like geez. Sammy Arnold has has played you know, he's been capped. Um like and Felix would have always um talked very highly about him and his attitude and um work rate and uh defensively and just a serious athlete. So great signing. Connor Oliver is uh an absolute nugget of a signing for them. Berlin player, just real gritty, gets gets stuck in um, and just a very good rugby player. So great signings for, for Connacht to my eyes. Uh, Munster have also confirmed that Roman Solano uh, uh, will switch from Leinster and join them next year. And also the two big World Cup winning signings for Munster have landed in Limerick apparently, um, which is great. Snyman and De Lande. Yay. <clears throat>
3: <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, um,
2: Munster. Um I, Sammy Arnold definitely when he was at Ulster, he was um always showed a good attitude. There was just a few centres there and same sort of things happened, obviously. He's got a couple, as you say, I didn't realise you got capped and capped and mm. then uh he, he's got a couple of European Man of the matches as well. He went mm-hmm. through a really nice um, period with Munster. Bit of a shame. There's a lot of competition there. Obviously the Alondas probably um played into that a little bit, but Mm. Um, good player Good signing for Colin
1: Yeah Okay That's all our business Out of the way P- Producer Pat is going to be Delighted with that We kept that nice and tight I think uh, So we'll have our Chat with Ty Byrne Coming right up To take us there uh, Here's some of Producer Pat's Interview with Ulster And Ireland Scrum Half John Cooney And uh, our Tackle Your Feelings Ambassador On the I'm Taking Control Again Campaign So check it out
4: yeah, I've watched a couple of them back. To be honest, I was that bored recently that I started watching our old games this season, and um, maybe to get me pretty up for getting back to playing. It definitely made a difference when I watched that. I was I was itching to get back. So yeah, it's nice to kind of look back on the games and reflect on on performances and see what you can do better as well. So something that's keeping me ticking over on the rugby aspect of it.
0: And have you had to have a word with your the, the lads your the Ulster team, teammates? are all training in groups together and getting in trouble and stuff like that. You're just telling them just to ease off a little bit. It's just
4: keep it late to get them anyway. <laughs> Two of them living in the same household. But, um, I've been, I live right beside a golf course, so I was able to use that. But uh, Since then, I got the keys from Malone, so I can lock myself in there and do my kicking and do my trick shots in peace. So,
0: oh, Brilliant. That's good,
4: isn't it? That's all that matters. I get my trick shots done and then I pretend <laughs> I do the running, so I walk off and go home. <laughs> Actually, I have a group with Jack Hardy and one of my other friends, and... And you were sitting down on a, a spin bike yesterday, so I messaged Jack asking for a podcast episode and he sent me uh, one with Robin Van Persie and just an insight into his career and his mentality, which I found very good. And I like CrossFit. Uh, not that I actually I don't do CrossFit, but I, I like watching what they do. And mm. so I, I sat down and listened to Matt Fraser recently and, and good to see his insight. He's he's uh, had an interesting path where he struggled with uh, alcohol abuse when he was younger um, and then went to see Somebody similar, not that I had any issue with that, but he saw a counsellor which helped him uh, kind of deal with that. And it's just good to see his path. He never thought he'd uh, go down the route of CrossFit and stuff like that. So it's interesting to see what drives him and what motivates him at the moment. So I, I enjoyed picking other athletes' brains and seeing what they do. Connick
0: kind of fans sort of really wanted to hang on to you when you made the move and then just gone, gone strength to strength at Ulster as well. Did, did you kind of think then for a while that... Because you had such a good relationship from an early age with Joe Schmidt that it was going to help your Ireland causes once you started getting games for Ulster as well, or were you kind of surprised in a way that you kind of you weren't getting into those Ireland squads as well?
4: Yeah, in a way, I yeah, I, I understood at that point how fickle rugby was and how fickle mm. sport was. So um, my sister told me again, keep knocking on the door if you keep playing as well as you can. They, eventually, they can't uh, keep overlooking you. Um, And I remember my first couple of months in Ulster, I thought I was playing really well. um, And I got the dreaded call that I didn't make the November internationals. And and I was pretty upset. And I think that's when she told me, just keep knocking on the door and they're going to have to eventually uh, listen to you and pick you. And then I got picked for the summer tour uh, to Australia, um, which then I only played two minutes. So again, I just kept going back to that mantra. And even with the World Cup in the summer, not getting picked was uh, obviously incredibly disheartening but mm. um I knew that I wanted to prove them wrong and all I could do is go back to Ulster and and try and improve myself and be around people that I enjoyed being around and yeah I wanted to look back at myself in the summer and, and be proud of what I did and how I reacted to that circumstance so yeah I'm pretty proud now when I look back at it and how I responded to probably since that shoulder surgery the biggest low I've had um, and somehow I didn't even see coming uh, uh, to not even get a game that kind of was the worst part to not even get an opportunity to to show what I can do was probably the the worst part of it all.
0: I suppose even then for for you there, like I suppose even with this whole campaign, it's like um, you know, it's just something that like as like you're someone who's you know you're well, you're into reading, you have your kind of wellness space, and um, you're listening to your podcasts and stuff like that. this is something like like would you supplement that with the kind of tackle your feelings app and all the kind of stuff the rugby players Ireland are doing as well.
4: Yeah, definitely. Um, Well, I keep saying we, but my girlfriend set up a little corner for us, like a mindfulness corner um, upstairs on one of the landings. So uh, we've got a little Buddha and and a beanbag there and a couple of candles. So I try to go there most days and and use the Tacky Feelings app and and maybe even just sit there and try and read. And I find uh, the benefits I get from that, even just psychologically, and feel like I've achieved something. I find even if I, say, read a book or do my mindfulness for 20 minutes, and how much more fulfilled I feel after it, rather than 40 minutes on my phone of looking through through rubbish. Um, so I, I think it's a small thing that you can integrate into your day-to-day life that makes a big difference on your your contentment and your mental health.
0: Is there advice that you've picked up along the way, even from an early age, that has stuck with you along the way? Um something you kind of still use to this day?
4: Um, it's quite interesting when you when you look back and reflect and Kobe Bryant's an, another athlete that Hugely impacted me through injury, and and that's kind of where I found him, and and started to understand his psyche and and the whole member mentality. And he talks about what was the genesis, where where did all this come from, where was his drive from? And sometimes when I look back, I'm I'm not too sure where I got that um, competitiveness or or that want to prove people wrong. And and I was lucky that my mom and and stuff and my family were all there for me and did a lot for me. So I think having having that figure that was was always there and and did a lot for me kind of sat in the back of my head that when I was struggling um, there was more to it than just myself and, and there's other people that, that I was working for so I've always been somebody who's found it easy to work incredibly hard and, and maybe that's, it's the drives of, of trying to kind of do it for them and, and honouring their sacrifices that maybe that's the driving force behind why I, why I keep working and why I never
1: gave up You're listening to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby on Joe together
3: with Guinness
2: Okay, welcome to the show, Tag Burn. Um, How you getting on? How's isolation treating you?
3: Oh yeah, it's not too bad. Um, Managing, I suppose. I think like everyone, there's probably ups and down days, Uh, but overall, it's going pretty well. I've got the gym set out the back there, and um, so far, so good. But I'm itching to get back at the same time.
2: I'm sure you are. Um, Are you? What stage of your rehab are you getting to? You doing much running or?
3: Yeah, so I've kind of had a bit of an topsy-turvy few months, really, because I came back from the World Cup with uh, the, a problem with my abductor. It turned out that I had osteitis pubis. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a bit of a pain to try and get back from, but I was kind of playing through it, and then obviously I did my ankle on top of it. So <clears throat> between the two of them now, I it's been it was kind of difficult at the start to manage them and try and rehab the ankle while I was trying to rehab the, the abductor. But, um, so far, like the last two weeks now, I've probably seen, uh, I've had my best two weeks in a good while and I'm kind of starting to see a bit of a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, but obviously it's isolation and all that. It's, it, it's, it causes a bit of difficulty in that. Um, but I think we've managed pretty well, like, uh, ray who's looking after me is um we've been doing quite a few video chats and stuff like that and we've been we've got clearance there in ul to use the pitch so we've been going up there and he's been able to kind of watch over me and make sure i'm doing everything correctly so um from that point of view like it's uh, i'm i'm definitely in a better frame of mind now the last two weeks than i had been before
1: yeah <clears throat> the osteitis pubis is a is a load injury right if, if i remember I, I had it myself back when i was about 21 22 and uh i ended up doing my shoulder at the same time and that was almost like a, a blessing that i that i i got the chance then to to rest for six months with with, with a dislocated shoulder and, and uh the osteitis pubis ended up clearing up in the meantime is that is that the it kind of same
3: it wasn't really like that for me um because I kind of thought that that see when I did my ankle I, I had another bit of a nightmare i was I was going to get operated that week, but then it was so I was going over to London to get operated so we we waited like an extra week a week and a half from when it happened, and then I ended up getting uh, cellulitis in my foot, so the day I was to go in for the nice. surgery, uh I wasn't able to get the surgery to wait another week and a half to clear the um so that was like an extra three weeks and then two weeks of not doing anything so that was five weeks of rest essentially for my osteitis pubis as well but um I probably came back in a worse condition than I did going in because I wasn't rehab or anything yeah um I was just unable mm. to do anything so it just didn't really uh help it at all and I know mm. I've had this before as well I had this my second year in the academy and it took me I think it was 13 months to get back from it because it was just a cycle of not getting it right so the fact that i've had it before i kind of know a little bit like um what what it takes to kind of get back and how much you kind of have to work work on it mm. Like every single exercise there's no there's you just can't lose concentration because if you start doing it wrong it can have an effect straight away on it mm. so from that point of view it's it's definitely not uh rest. It's very much a It's, it's one bad. of
1: those ones when you wake up in the morning and you feel it when you're getting out of the bed, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're like there's no hiding from it. It's uh it's a <laughs> tough one. Um that's what I remember correctly from it. But um and then are you back running uh yeah. now and yeah, uh, so- have you- Date in mind to get back fully.
3: Yeah, well, I suppose if it was the season was on, it technically would have been. I was aiming to get back this week for the. I think we would have been playing Connacht, um, but I suppose in some ways the pandemic has probably gone in my favour in that regard because I, there's no way I probably would have been been back playing um, at this stage. Um, but I'd say I'm probably a few weeks off, not too much because the progress the last couple of weeks has been really positive and i think i'm probably over the the worst of it now and it's just kind of getting back to fitness and making sure i don't overload it along that way but um definitely in the right road. and then i suppose the ankle which is probably one of the most serious injuries like i know you 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 had the exact same thing probably a bit worse um like that that's definitely improving as well and uh, i'm like I've no problems running around things. So I just kinda of need to improve the strength a bit. Um, because I hadn't been running on it for so long that now that I'm running on it, it's it's improving again uh quite well.
2: How are Brilliant. you finding it, Ty? Um chatting to the Ulster Physio there uh, last week and he was saying he's doing zoom zoom calls. Mm-hmm. But like the osteocytis uh pubis, I think that's what it's called. Um <laughs> yeah. might have mispronounced that. Something think, like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, that pubic injury, yeah, that one.
3: Um,
2: <laughs> um Barry, I think I had something similar, it, it was, was very fashionable when we were coming through the academy. It bio. was, i don't know yeah. that many people have had it. Um, but yeah. Uh, it's to, yeah, it's quite retro, yeah, it's a throwback. But <laughs> the, the, the treatment that you would have got, um, from under 20s on uh, our school's coach, might have been as well. Our physio was like it's like deep friction, it's really painful have yeah. you had that and I, on, over you know, zoom how, how does that work? Yeah. are you treating yourself
3: no so obviously I'm not able to get any treatment um but but I suppose like ideally it'd be, it'd be nice to get it needled and uh get get a good elbow in around that area and kind of obviously it's uncomfortable but it certainly mm. uh has an effect but so we kind of just have to work within our means here at the minute and just kind of get out. Know?
1: I remember when I had it, uh, Jeremy Staunton had had it, I had it, there was a couple other players and then I had it the same as you, Tiger. It was like 12, 13 months. And, um, I felt like I was driving my dad's car at the time because I was only the academy. So I was just borrowing his car and it was quite a low car, yeah. like a bu- bucket seat. My knees yeah. were above my hips. And, uh, I was like, maybe it's something to do with the, the car, even though I wasn't driving a huge amount. So I borrowed my aunt's Ford Focus, and is a higher car yeah. seat. I was up upright, and I swear to God, it, it cured in a, a in a month. I was I was yeah. back, and uh, I I then thought I was some sort of a genius. Uh, <laughs> I was now a doctor and a physio. <laughs> so I was like Tony Buckley, Mushy had it, and uh, I was inspecting his car, and I was like get rid of the car. Just, just get rid of it now. <laughs> and then Own Redden, Owen Redden had it. And he was in Wasps at the time and he rang me from Wasps and it was his first year in Wasps. Yeah. He'd, he'd uh, he, he was like, Baz, did you clear this? I was like, yeah. And he said, how did you do it? I was like, what kind of car have you got? <laughs> yeah. He said, I was like, Have you still got that fucking 95 Fiesta that you had when you were in, in limerick So he had a little, a little, tiny little fiesta, and he's such a tight arse, he drove that to over to England and didn't even invest in a decent car. So uh G-B- I think he pretty G-B- much well. he, he pretty much hung up the phone when I was told him that it was his car. He was actually. Like, Here's another conspiracy uh, theory.
2: So, yeah. I imagine you've you already just um, popped the trunk there, fella. Open up the trunk, <laughs> you, you've got like a little oil rag over your shoulder and then you're kicking the tires and then you get on those mechanic things that, that go underneath the car and you're like, you're going to need a Ford Focus, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well,
3: there, there you go. There you go. It, like it might be my car. my car. Maybe I should change the car. Get on to London. Yeah. Look,
1: that yeah. I was kind of at that stage. I was like, just try everything and anything to get this right. Yeah. Um, but uh, look, it's good to hear you're on the mend, man. Um, yeah. Have you, have you, what have you been up to? Have you, have you had any uh, decent hobbies while you're while you're in lockdown? Um, anything occupying uh, your time?
3: Yes. Well, funny enough, I've actually been uh, I've taken up baking. <laughs> ah,
1: Trimby, I love, love this.
3: Uh, a bit of bacon myself. I'm only, uh, I'm only kind of leaving myself bake on the weekend, so because I don't think having that kind of food in the house during the week is <laughs> is ideal. I need to keep <laughs> it <laughs> What are you
2: baking? What's your, what's your speciality?
3: Um, I've been trying everything. This weekend, I did a baked lemon cheesecake. Mm. Um, the one, the probably fan, like fan favourites at this stage would be the, the Nutella stuffed cookies I did they don't have a trace um uh but yeah i I've, I've just going kind to of be trying everyone i'm fo- I've just following this australian girl on instagram and she makes it pretty easy so it's quite enjoyable Go yeah yeah on saturday you're, you're a little that's bit her more place of sports somehow
2: <laughs> yeah yeah you're <clears throat> that's a little bit more exciting than what i've been baking. i've been baking sardo um oh, yeah, nice. to a very poor standard um, it's fine. When you take it out of the oven, if you eat it straight away,
3: what? it's fine. <laughs> if you
2: leave that, if you leave that an hour and a half, yeah. it's solid. Like it's more solid than the bricks in the wall. It's yeah. um it's it's pretty disgusting. It's dangerous. So, dangerous. Yeah. yeah, you um, might feed ginger, the cat. Uh, <laughs> yeah. If you want rid of ginger, <laughs> <laughs> that's
3: the mechanism. our uh, uh, next door neighbors here with Reese, uh, Marshall and his partner Steph. She's after making her own sourdough starter. Mm. Um, so I think it's just brewing away at the minute, but she says she'll she'll uh, she'll give me the starter once it's it's ready to go, and I'll give the you old know, starter a, a go.
2: That's not in the spirit of it, Ty. That's <laughs> You really need to make your own starter. I'm sorry to. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't even know
3: where to start. <laughs> Uh, i uh, I was I was hitting
1: up a few of your, I was hitting up a few of your teammates um, for a bit of crack. JJ Hanran is quite nervous at the moment because now that the golf clubs are open, he, he's afraid that you're going to call him and try and get a game of golf with him. Uh, <laughs> he, he reckons you're the worst golfer
3: he's ever played with. Potentially, yeah. <laughs> and the slowest. Seemingly, I've got a pretty bad name for being one of the slowest players uh, down here. I tend to I tend to spend too long looking for my ball. So, In the
1: same. Yeah, he yeah. said that. And I was like, Yeah, so what
3: <laughs> I'm like, convinced I can find it, so and I don't want to be dropping a shot, but yeah. I need I need every shot I can I can get.
1: <laughs> yeah, well look, I'm I'm equally as shy, man, to be honest. So uh I went out with Rob Rob Copley and uh a hey, and
3: very good, I think, and
1: Ronan Amani and JJ last year Jesus. and jeez, I was so embarrassed don't want really to get embarrassed playing golf.
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing, isn't it? That you'd almost be put off going because you'd be like, Oh, these lads would just be like so so annoyed at me now because I'm playing with them, so yeah. them down, and I'm so crap.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, so. I played <clears throat> I played yesterday, Tag, um at Port Rush, and I was straight in the deep end. It was it was blowing <laughs> a gale yesterday and I can't hit a driver, so I was hitting a forearm off the tee um a narrow enough fairway into the breeze. Jesus. And yeah, the guys you always <laughs> playing with were both very good. And I just didn't want to ruin the buzz. Everybody was excited to get out of the game <laughs> of golf first time in months. And then I just felt like I was ruining the buzz. And I was ruining their buzz as well. So I was trying to put a brief face on it and be like, oh, you know, I don't, <laughs> I don't care. Just, it's great to be out of the house, but like quietly. <laughs> just be a bit of
3: crack. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, your club's behind them, like.
2: <laughs> Yeah, there were one or two um, where I lost the ball off a of tee. And I, I'd be the complete opposite of you. If that goes anywhere, anywhere, like I just use crap balls just so that I can lose them and not have to worry about it. So if I lost on the tee, I would just say, "Right, I'll see it the next tee," and I would just walk.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I take that new approach where I've bought like forty balls and I just mm. stick them all into the bag, and I'm like, like <laughs> if it's gone, it's gone at this point.
2: <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay, um, look I'm, What else, um, Tag? What else? Are you? Um, we're we're big fans of Normal People. I believe you're you're a fan.
3: Yeah. So I finished Normal People with the misses probably last week. We kind of turned aside and watched it on it and just binged it straight through. Um, but yeah, it's some show, isn't it? that's phenomenal. <laughs> it yeah, plays on the emotions a bit, but um,
1: mm,
3: yeah, I'm pretty raw. So your misses?
2: Does your misses <clears throat> wish that you were more like um, Connell?
3: Because uh, mine does. <laughs> <laughs> so probably wants people start wearing a chain. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, have you seen that Instagram? On uh, it's like Connell on his chain. It's got no. It's got a couple of million followers. I think. Oh, cool. Just pictures of him and chain.
1: <sighs> it's a chain. It's a good chain, to be fair. Yeah. I think they've sold out of chains all over the world because of him. Um, yeah. yeah, I. I I think of like, I was thinking of you earlier and I was like uh, people around, around the world are probably missing like their, their loved ones so much and I just imagine you missing poaching balls like that's, <laughs> that's the one thing you're like craving is just getting into that um, poach position and your I mean, missus yeah. like trying to, trying to get you to be like <laughs> real emotional like, but, like normal people and open up and you're just like
3: seeing her as this ball that you just want to grab and poach <laughs> oh, Stop any form of rugby I'm missing Just not not just the poaching,
2: yeah. That sounded so heartfelt and sincere. (laughs) It
1: did, didn't it? I I was was talking to Killer. I said, Killer, have you got any bit of crack? Um, on Tighe, and he said, Beth, he's so smart, he's like the smartest fellow I've ever met in my life. Which you know, it's it's not much coming from Killer, maybe. Uh, but he said, every, and he said, when he first came over, we'd be in the to change room and before games, and it'd be like two minutes before kickoff, and he'd be there doing Sudoku, and, like just doing the Sudoku, <laughs> I, uh, L- like as if you were writing some like yeah. mathematical equation or, or quantum <sighs> physics. Right?
3: Yeah, I do get it. Uh, scans. Scans. always was a story where we were about we're about to go out and play. Who was it? Was it Gloucester? No, wasn't Gloucester. Exeter. Yeah, and we're about. 20 minutes before the team were supposed to be out, and I was going around looking for the uh, there's no signal in the change room. And <laughs> uh, I was going around looking for the Wi Fi code. They're like, What do you want? What do you want the Wi Fi code for? I was like, Oh, I just want a game of online chess here. <laughs> 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 I'd be playing chess like before before getting changed.
1: But. Yeah, but you you went out and got mad at the match, that game uh, if I'm correct. Yeah I, did, yeah, I think so. In back to back weeks, um. <laughs> So is that your approach? Is like get me just as far away from thinking about the game. Uh... Yeah,
3: well, I, I'm probably before a game, I'm, I can be quite relaxed sometimes, and I just tend to just chill out because there's quite a long space in the change room. I find of when you need to be ready to go out, it takes about five minutes to actually get changed and mm. get onto the pitch. So once I'm strapped up in that, I kind of just sit back and I'm if I'm happy with it, all the calls and that, I'll just kind of. Throw on my phone, and start playing a game or something.
1: <laughs> yeah, did you learn the hard way? Did you? I found I I got to that eventually, but when I when I first started out, I thought it was my job as a part of the team to be thinking about uh, everything, every moment of the game before the game, and and I ended up exhausting myself before the yeah. matches even started. Was was that is that how you, you learned to do that, or were uh, you always just like that?
3: I think I suppose when you when I first started, like with first few kind of senior games, that. With Lancer scarlets, and there was no way I was doing that. It was very much probably uh, bricking it and mm. thinking only about the game. But I suppose the more I played and the more confident I probably became in terms of being capable of just going out and playing and just, um, I probably started to relax a bit more for sure. But it uh, didn't take too long. Now, if I'm ever playing, if I was ever playing with Ireland I'd never be able to do that because I don't know it's just
1: a different it's, level
3: yeah I don't know there's always just such nerves going into those games but I suppose if I could get to that level it would probably help me a bit because I'd say that like I do find it it helps going into like monster games and not just being able mm. to relax a little bit before trying to get going again you waste so much yeah.
2: energy don't you I, I always yeah. I've always hated yeah. game day just the whole bit I like to, even to be fair the night before just the stress yeah. the anxiety starts to build up and you just if you get to yeah. uh, I used to whenever I got to the change room I would have on, on at the stadium I would have gone out and just kept myself busy just throw a ball about kick the yeah. ball just because I needed to be distracted <laughs> otherwise you just start overthinking things as far as I said, and the actually just make yourself more stressed and you start to lose weight. (laughs) um, Yeah, I suppose it'll be nice then for you. Uh, Obviously, um, Philip Brown came out there last week there and um, highlighted plans for getting back to Interprose. Is that something... Hmm. Kind of everybody's talking about it in Monster. Everybody's kind of looking forward to that now. Then
3: <laughs> no one's talking. We can't see each other. <laughs> yeah. So,
2: how how know, are you well, keeping connected? Or is there no like uh, I know no? We are. Do quizzes?
3: And... We do. Yeah. Like we have our we have little groups. Um, like I call them isolation groups, and there's a leader in each one, and we all have our own little chat groups, and we're obviously given things to do every week, and that probably keeps us interacting um to a level and we've done a few quizzes as well as a whole team and then we've had meetings as well as backs and forwards. So in fairness we have um we have been doing quite a bit to stay in touch and uh probably going over a lot of our plays and stuff as well to keep them fresh in the in the in the memory.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> Take us back to going to Clintli man because it's uh it's it's a cool story. Um, you know, not a lot of players get to do that when when um you know, when moving out of an academy and going uh, abroad and, and very seldom do you see them go to to Wales. So first of all, I suppose, talk us through how that happened and then, you know, to, to have achieved so much um, in the two years that you were there. Was it two years you were there? Two, two years, years, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, um, You know, how how did it, how was that environment? With that? How did it suit you and um, the, the style of play, yeah. I
3: suppose? I suppose how it happened was kind of a little bit by fluke. I think I was waiting for one of the lads outside the Leinster change room for after one of the senior games um, but I obviously wasn't selected for um, and my agent, he he was standing outside there and he just came up to me and um, asked, uh, and started chatting to me and eventually asked if I had an agent and at the time I didn't so I was kind of trying to negotiate staying at Leinster myself and um, it, when about two weeks later, Leo decided to tell me that I'd probably be best starting to look elsewhere. And Abe had messaged me only a few days previous on Facebook then asking if I'd had any thought on um, having some representation. And I said I'd be willing to meet, meet him. So he flew over and met me and he started looking around. And then I didn't really hear anything from him until even up to the final of the Pro 12 that year. And he said that Scarlets were interested, and um, I, I said I was willing to go to kind of meet them, so I flew over. Um, I didn't even know the like Lanelli, I didn't even know how to pronounce it. I think I got picked up by one of them. I was, I asked him, uh, how long was it to Le- Lanelli, and they were talking about it. <laughs> I was uh, uh, well. but i met I met the coaches and I came back and i kind of it was kind of a decision then whether because it was a poor contract, but it was a last kind of last gasp saloon I suppose they say and uh i just i was doing a master's as well at the time in uh d i t uh so it was kind of a decision whether to pack it in and focus on that or just have one more crack at it give it a go yeah after chatting to my parents I think I would have regretted if I didn't give it a go Um. so I, that's how I ended up signing for them and I guess when I first went over there it was kind of more just the goal was kind of just to get into the match day 23 if anything um, I was kind of obviously just there to make up numbers and kind of almost hold shield pads for the first year anyway to see if I could prove myself but you know, things kind of started spiralling and kind of worked out for me um, through it. And I think, you know, you've asked if the environment suited me in the style of play. I think uh, it probably suited me perfectly, especially at the time. Um, you know, I think I kind of, one thing I was backing was my athletic ability because I didn't really have size um, and that's what they were looking for was kind of someone forwards who could have good handling skills and And I get around the park park well, and um, luckily I fit into that. And you know, I think for the first three games I was involved. uh, We lost all three of them, and I was only involved on the bench because the lads, some of the international lads, weren't back, and I didn't play again till the Anglo Welsh Cup. I played two games back to back, and I wasn't meant to be on the bench. The next game was against Leinster in the Pro 12, and I wasn't supposed to be on the bench. Um, I was supposed to be playing semi-pro that week and I called into Wayne Pivak's office and asked him if I could not play semi-pro because my parents were coming over and I just kind of wanted to bring them to the game. And then just he came back to me about 20 minutes later saying that they decided to put me on the bench. So <laughs> I don't know yeah. if they did that because my parents were coming over or what. Yeah, He claimed it wasn't. He said I played well in the LV Cup or the Anglo-Welsh Cup and... Um, that's how I ended up getting back into the squad, and I got another two pieces of luck. After that was when um, for the I think the zebra game, Anna, uh, Aaron Shing no it was Jack Jake Ball was having a kid, so he couldn't come. So I ended up starting that game, and then the following game was against Toulon in um, Over in Toulon, <coughs> and uh, again Aaron Shingler that week was ended up having a kid that weekend. And I start, ended up starting that game, and then after that, I think I pretty much started all of them. So there was a lot of luck wow. involved as well. But um, overall, I absolutely loved it there. I think uh, it couldn't have suited me any better. And the environment, I don't know, it was it, it was different to Lancer, It was completely different to Monster, but there was mm. it, it was really enjoyable. Um, but yeah, it definitely wouldn't change anyway. It sounds like um
2: your autobiography on um at Scarlet's that period. There's going to be a chapter just on teammates' wives getting pregnant. I think
3: yeah. <laughs> I was so blessed.
2: Yeah, yeah. that, that I'm, I've never. I've been dropped. I don't know how many times, but I've never considered the excuse. um Can I please play? Because my mom and dad are coming, to <laughs> and that is that is outside of the box yeah, yeah, I didn't
3: yeah. ask to play I, uh, <laughs> no asked to play. I asked, uh, not, I asked not to play semi-professional just so I could yeah. go to the game I even offered to be 24th which is I don't know, I'll even be 24th if you can just let me go to the game so the day could go
2: good man well it, yeah. I think um, everybody from afar was just watching and admiring mm. you just dominating week yeah. in week out it was crazy um, did dominant. you feel like
1: the pressure off like going over to somewhere like that that you'd you'd kind of I suppose Leinster the Leinster environment the Munster environment very uh, serious and uh, you know not that that Clonetly wouldn't be but <clears throat> you probably less expected of you maybe going over to Clonetly so you were allowed to just express yourself and, and uh, play a <clears throat> bit more relaxed
3: yeah, which well obviously I think, suits you Yeah I think if anything the, the best thing about going to a new club is that like you start on a new leaf so you know, because I'd been in Leinster for so long, there's obviously perception, um, like mm. the type of player you are, or I was obviously probably seen as very injury prone as well. So <clears throat> um I was going to Clinettly without any of those like they didn't really know anything about me or how I played or whatever. So it was kind of the, You were like you were like Marianne style. going to
2: you Like Marianne going to Trinity and just um,
3: rediscovering yourself, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Finally, getting made, <ready. laughs> um, but yeah. So, like, from that perspective, it was great just getting a fresh start. And, um, yeah, I suppose it definitely helped, helped. yeah.
1: And then, obviously, Monster came knocking. Um, I've uh, I've heard Andrew Conway saying in the past that he's uh he was always a classic case monster fan um in at heart uh did you have a little bit of that uh Hi. or is there like i just imagine your bedroom when you were younger like a Poster of Mick Galway on the wall. Um, maybe <laughs> Rachel, St- Rachel Stevens from S Club Seven, and Mick Galway all- on your wall.
3: <laughs> uh, my bedroom was full of red, but it wasn't any of those things. It was all Manchester United. Oh, you know, all United. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I didn't even follow rugby to be honest when I was. Young. Did you not? Nah, not at Go all. Way. I didn't until I went into until I went to Clans. I, I probably didn't. know the first thing about rugby. Go and, uh, Yeah, but. Uh, no, I suppose I there's always a soft spot for Munster purely because of my mum's uh, from Tip and all her side of the family obviously lived there, so we spent a lot of time there. And I think my dad's always had a massive soft spot for for Munster as well. Like he'd find himself shouting for them uh, whenever Lancer weren't playing, and then sometimes he might even find himself shouting for Munster when they're playing Lancer because he was he was a massive Paul O'Connell fan and uh, Ron Logar and. These guys, these lads. So yeah, I think he just kind of seemed to kind of side with them a lot because uh, I suppose he just he loved the passion. they showed a lot of the time.
1: Yeah. So they've obviously taken to him massively. Yeah. Then you you moving down here and your mother that must be brilliant for your mom like Kevin.
3: Yeah. She having she you down.
1: It. Does she?
3: Yeah. 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 No, she loves the fact I played for Monster. I think <clears throat> she heard the news, she was she was delighted. Um And she loves the fact that. She she might get mentioned every now and then saying that she's a monster woman as well because she's very proud of it.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. What's your mum's name? Brenda. <clears throat> say that again? Brenda. Hi, Brenda. <laughs> How are you? Just got a huge shout out on Baz and <laughs> Every mother's dream. My mother oh. usually listens and gets, gets just horrified by what I say about her on this. So, uh, I'm, happy, I'm happy I can make someone's mother proud. <laughs> Someone uh, else's uh, mother <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, very good. Um so look, the, obviously big season ahead when it whenever it kicks back off and there's some exciting additions to the Monster side this year. Um with Snyman yeah. just arriving and De Allende. Um They're
3: about here now as well.
1: Wow. Yeah, so I hear. Oh. Um, yeah. obviously pretty- Snyman gonna gonna slot into a to to a big second row position. Um yeah would you would you be keen to to move more into the back row if that was an option for you um
3: uh, yeah or... like i don't really i'm not too pushed on where I play as long as I'm playing i suppose and mm. i do i probably do prefer a second row um but uh, i uh, I do enjoy the back row too um I suppose it just depends on the the way we're playing because every team has a different style and different mm-hmm. kind of game plan and um, I kind of generally when you're in the second row we tend to be quite involved quite a bit regardless so that's why I'd probably say I prefer playing there
1: mm-hmm. Interesting I don't know why I had um six in my head that you'd uh you, that you would have maybe preferred playing there Um you play predominantly play that six over in, in Scarlet's right? Um
3: Yeah I pretty much did like first year I was probably predominantly in the row but then The Second year, uh, there were so many constant injuries in the back row that I was kind of floating between six and even eight for some of that year, which I didn't have a clue about. (laughs) (laughs) Bluffed,
1: truly.
2: Look, you're having a blinder if that's you bluffing. (laughs) Yeah, you're you're doing all right, you're um, you're bluffing well um yeah. but uh yeah here listen we'll um ty, we've um taken out plenty of your time i'm sure you're keen to get back and um do a little bit of baking maybe or a little bit of breakdown <laughs> in the front room with missus <laughs> i'll
3: probably go i'll probably go on the playstation for an hour probably <laughs> uh,
2: but listen thanks so much for coming on the show
3: great to chat to you cheers yeah. great chat lads lads thanks
1: you. a million ty cheers, cheers, man. Ty, cheers. Good man take care good luck covid 19 or coronavirus is here By taking a few simple steps, we can slow the virus down and help protect everyone. Wash your hands more often, for at least 20 seconds with soap and water. If you cough or sneeze, use a tissue or cover your mouth with your elbow, then bin the tissue and wash your hands. Avoid touching your eyes, nose and mouth. And keep surfaces clean. Distance yourself at least 2 metres, 6 feet away from other people, especially those who might be unwell. Stop shaking hands or hugging when saying hello or greeting other people. For updated factual information and advice, go to hsc.ie or call 1850 24 1850. Protection from coronavirus. It's in our hands. Okay, welcome back to part three. Over the weekend, we gave you your classic homework to do. And this week we'll be discussing our classic movie, Gladiator, our classic album, Eminem's Martial Matters LP and our classic rugby match Munster versus Toulouse in Bordeaux. The connection is they were all uh, either released or happened in May 2000, which is 20 years ago. And we can even make a little few more like more looser connections. Um, Richard Harris, a.k.a. Marcus Aurelius from Gladiator, is mentioned three times during the month by the commentators during the Munster lose match um, obviously uh, Limerick native and um, one of the greatest actors of all time former Munster schoolboy player um, so he gets mentioned so that's you know fucking former Munster schoolboy player is Marcus Aurelius in Gladiator one of the greatest films of all time incredible and then I'm stretching with this one but Eminem's Marshall Mathers LP like obviously the greatest song off that and probably Eminem's greatest ever song Stan is basically a song about a pothole a giant pothole. <laughs> Come um, on. That's a massive <laughs> oversimplification. <laughs> it's, the, it's the truth, though. That's basically all. He's, his whole career depended on some pothole. Potholed him so much after gigs, asking him to sign stuff. Will you sign this for me? He's like, oh Jesus
3: Christ.
2: And uh, so, to, I, I think as a measure of where we're at and and what maybe our our style or our brand is, <clears throat> Marcus really is um, peace. School our Monster School Boys um got mentioned in the Toulouse monster game. That is a great bit of insight. That is very interesting, very on point. But I didn't care as much. I enjoyed the point about the Stan being a pothole more. I think that's exactly. where we're at. I knew
1: I knew <laughs> you would. I knew you would <laughs> so we'll dive we'll dive into them one after another. We'll go with the monster match first. Um and I'm going to take this section now for a moment because uh this was Monster take it back. Rugby. This was, yeah, this was Monster Rugby rock and roll. This was like, um, this was, bef- you know, like if you were into a band and you saw this band before they exploded and before they played huge, you went and saw them somewhere like small and a bit dingy and you were like, whoa, these guys are unbelievable. I, I know Bordeaux, that stadium, isn't very dingy. 25,000 people. And it was, 20, like, up semif- <laughs> <laughs> it was the Heineken Cup semi-final. But it still had that essence that there's something magical and poetic and sexy and romantic was happening back then um and i was there i i can say as a 17 year old um or maybe i was 18 because i was drinking um uh, i was there and it was one of the most phenomenal experiences i've ever had at a sporting occasion um went over with my dad and my brother uh for a day trip and um thanks yeah, brother sex <laughs> no less sexy brother well <laughs> oh, no. act, to be fair he's he's getting he's getting sexier um uh-huh. back back when the when the fifth top 50 came out he he was he was less sexy but now he's shaved the head um he's successful now which also makes makes you sexy um so uh yeah i'm gonna give him i'm gonna give him sexy yeah he's bringing sexy back your, your grabs <laughs> your grabs are crossing <laughs> <laughs> okay my dad my dad's getting more and more like um like like what's his name basil faulty unfortunately yeah. um so but yeah so the three of us went um and it was it was back when Munster rugby was on this journey um and it was it was the first Heineken cup final that they ever got to so it was really before it all kind of kicked off um and it was, I was, it was three weeks before my leaving cert. So that shows you how much I gave a shit about my leaving cert. I was like, nah, I'm going, I'm going over here. That's all I really want. We'd become pretty obsessed with it at the time that, you know, that they had a few big games in Thornham Park over the two previous seasons. And it just, I think the Heineken Cup as well at that time was really, the European Cup was, it was new. So it was only what, four years old. And it was just, it was such, there was such a buzz about it. Um, and, there was a brilliant thing there was a loophole right in the merchandise uh field of of rugby back then right so monster was such a new brand let's say that they hadn't uh patented the the logo so when Munster did beat quite well they beat um you know they beat saracens in the group stages and then beat stade francais in the quarter final basically Ireland sold out of Munster jerseys immediately um, there was a Munster rugby store in Limerick that sold out of jerseys you couldn't get a Munster rugby jersey so my dad had a clothes shop in Limerick right? and he went to um, Penny's and bought about 200 red polo tops with like a little blue sleeve and he embroidered a Munster crest onto the, the pocket of it and sold them and it flogged them in the shop for whatever 20 quid and then he all the money he made from it he brought us to all the matches abroad then um so like it was so expensive imagine it cost like a grand to go to bring the yeah. two of us like 300 quid for a for a one day like a, over and back on the day flight from shannon to bordeaux and back on the same day it was a, it was a grand for the three of us but sure, he made all the money off flogging the counterfeit monster jerseys that were selling like hotcakes um there was a guy Do you ever remember your man Max Grum He was uh, He was a, a guy That used to sell Merchandise Everywhere Every rugby match It was like His little logo was uh, A rugby A guy a cartoon rugby guy Holding a ball And like Looked like he was Doing doing a handoff. Uh-huh. His name was Dave Noble He um, Brilliant guy Fantastic fella And he He used to sell Merchandise at games So he Asked my dad Could he sell In the shop as well So my dad was like Flogging all his hats And made a small fortune Of it um, so we went over and everyone on the like half the flight was decked out in these, these gammy tops. Like, yeah. um, were they I were just... they like the tops that um Ireland used for
2: that um like centenary celebration whenever they were playing South Africa or what was it? Yeah, there was like a throwback top and then they were all ripped by half time.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think, to be fair, they weren't that bad, uh, uh, material, but um. I'd love to find one. If any of our penguins out there, I'm sure there, there'd be some, um, have any of those, please let me know. Um, so yeah, long story short, we got there. It was like 30 degrees in Bordeaux. Um, so it was just absolute crack. And um, yeah, we got there. We went to the stadium real early, got there like 12 o'clock match, which was not until three. My dad wanted us to get into the crowd and, and get our seats set and ready and then he could leave us there and go go drinking points, but they'd no drink in the stadium. It was all uh non alcoholic beer. So um he was like a lunatic. But we met a mate of Paul O'Connell's he was sitting next to us who'd stashed it. he brought in a load of snuck in a load of cans. So he just got us got us kind of sorted for the game. Um and then the game itself was like you watched it last night? Yeah I did, yeah. Yeah it was great. Oh what a what a game of rugby. Um two like great sides, two great do you reckon was that day? was that Peno's dad, Entimac's dad, and Juge's dad playing for Toulouse.
2: Yeah, I wondered. I want. well, I actually didn't think about Peno Um it was definitely well, it was obviously Entimac. It was Is that- I don't
1: know if it was Houger's. I saw his name. Yeah, was Houger, I meant to look it up. Huge
2: looks very different, to be fair. I doubt it is. Mm. But I did wonder that as well.
1: Pat might look that up for us by the end of this. Yeah. Um, I just love looking at the crowd with the. You see the Santa. There was like a guy wearing a Santa suit. There was just all oh, like the monster fans, like lads, oh lads with their tops off, and it was just <laughs> pure raw crack.
2: Yeah, there was a few. There was a few um, vintage behaviors on the pitch as well that you just don't see, and things that I miss as well, in particular. Um, Calvi made a break up the middle at one stage, and someone did the old, um, the old jersey swing and tackle. Remember the jerseys? <laughs> yeah, <tackles>? yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> The baggy
2: jerseys, and someone just latches onto it and it just swings you back swing to the drone
3: line.
4: <laughs>
2: so, I don't think we see enough jersey swing and tackles. I think we should bring those back. Um, yeah. and then the there was a couple of ball carrier goes to the ground, places the ball, covers the head. Yes. The ball cover the head. There was a couple Excellent.
1: of Axel was a terror for that. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: so they were. It was enjoyable to see a couple of wee throwback behaviours. There's a good few, was, a good
1: few moments with Peter Clossy running around with his boot in his hand or something like that. his yeah. boot had fallen off, and he was just kind of it, around. Yeah. as a, it was almost like a weapon. Thinking, oh, yeah. what's he going to do? do with it? Yeah,
2: it occurred to me maybe sixty minutes in or something. I was like, oh yeah, Cl- uh, Peter Clossy's playing, and I was like, I've only ever seen him. Hannah's lace or like in breaks in play I, my yeah. eye hadn't been drawn to him once in the game yeah any kind of rugby contribution
1: <laughs> trying to slow trying to stop stringer from taking quick taps and stuff like that yeah pull them yeah. back and the um, other thing
2: that um, was a little bit of a vintage french thing is was that here was that guy nova as we see the coach then yeah yeah so everything like the oh the gesturing the hands mm. the, like the french coat oh Oh, la la. Like, there is so much going on with him.
1: And the shades. You see, the yeah. shades on and on. And the, the Nike tick. Looked like he yeah. was actually in the middle of the pitch for half the game because there was no stand behind it. It was just like the sky. I was like, where is yeah. he standing? Remember, he used to kneel down and stuff. Yeah. Uh, against the advertising c- boards. Rugby yeah. coaches need to do more of that, man. That just. Yeah. I always always think why why can't some of the coaches be closer to the sideline like Jack Neabar used to do it for uh, for Munster. He used to be their physiotherapist. But basically, he was like an extra winger, just running up and down the sideline, giving information in. And um, not that I think, yeah, your man from Fran- from Toulouse is doing that. Um, I'd say he was just just looking cool. Yeah, he, he was
0: just,
1: just, miss, the just drama. Missing, a, missing a cigarette. Missing a cigarette, definitely. Yeah. Uh, one of my other favourite parts is Hayes' Hayes's try. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. his one and only ever European Cup try. It was his first representative try at the time. But uh, Quinney tells a great story about that try where if you see, it's an unbelievable try, by the way. Like, there's a big break beforehand. and um, like Munster went out and played to lose at their own game. It wasn't like up-the-jumper stuff. It was incredible end-to-end um, and, and really clinical and accurate stuff. But Hayes finds himself carrying quite close to the line and then he's on the ground and then the, the phase plays, it plays on. And Quinny spotted that it takes 17 seconds for Hayes to get up off the ground. He's kind of lying there and he rolls onto his side and he kind of gets up to one knee. And he gets onto the other knee and he puts his hand in the hip and the other hand. And then eventually, as Dominic Crotty makes a little break, he just stands up straight. Crotty just passes him the ball and he just flops over the line. Yeah.
2: For those uh, seventeen seconds, there was more energy out of Ginoes <laughs> on the touchline.
1: Yeah. <laughs> there was more drama and movement. I can just imagine Hayes's mo- noise is like, "Ah, oh
4: yeah, oh yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah,
2: although he looked reasonably, he looked well rested. Anyway, he looked uh, dynamic when he got the
1: ball. To be fair, he did. He, he was, he was really. Uh, he was young. You see, there was such a nice balance yeah. to that team that a few <laughs> older lads like Golov and. uh and Claw and John Langford and but then they a lot of young lads like Hayes and um, Roger and Strings obviously Wally. Um, it was and then the other tries like fucking uh, Rogers try uh, yeah. Woody's. How about what Woody's pace? Like what Woody yes. hits the ball flat, yeah. man, so quick. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, Rogers try came from just a an, a scrum in their own twenty-two. Um Roger's vintage skip one pass off a decent left hand scrum where he just fired the ball out in front of Mike Mullins. I oh, used to love taking those big feckin' flat skip ones and then they just tore them asunder after that. Yeah. Magic Hoggy looked good actually. I think Hoggy um he
2: contributed quite a lot to, to Roger's try but He looked yeah. much, some leg drive on him.
1: Yeah, very very strong. Fuck he was powerful. Yeah. Um so yeah, what a day. We uh, yeah. we had a blast. It was it was a phenomenal performance, win. Then obviously they went on to Did you go play. to the final? I did, I did, right. um, well, which not was very a view
2: disappointing. Let's that. not review that.
1: No. Although Richard, as I said, Richard Harris was brought up uh, three times because he, he was like saying, I think, sending the messages and prayers and stuff like that that they might win. And then he did go to the final with, uh, what's your man's name? Who's Lawrence Arabia? Um, Peter O'Toole. Uh, There's great video on online on YouTube of the two of them uh, backstage and backstage with wherever they were at the back of Twickenham and uh, some tent and the both of them are pretty langers uh, wearing their little tweed suits and Richard Harris has got his Munster jersey underneath his tweed suit, the one that he wore when he played Munster schools so was probably like 60, 70 years old from the 1940s. And, he, and they end up tackling each other like they're in their 80s and they're rolling around the ground. Um, so that leads us nicely into... Gladiator
2: Yeah my um, Where his son
1: His son His son tackled him And and squeezed him to death
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Gladiator is obviously One of Everyone's favourites To be fair Um, It's been a long time I've watched it So Although it's one that sticks with you Maybe Maybe it's one of those ones That's on on TV Plenty of times And you just pick it up Over and over There's so much stuff Just sticks with you Um, But What's kind of, not ruined, but maybe contributed actually a little bit on the one rugby theme that I would pick up on, or one rugby comparison is, um, do you remember? You probably don't. Uh, Ireland at home to France in the Six Nations in 2011. Um, Rougerie ran over the top of Darsh. Do you remember this? No. And um, like Darsh, to be fair, really powerful, really good leg drive, really good defender. But he got this one all wrong anyway. Rougerie ran straight over the top of him. And it looked exactly like, you know, the scene in Gladiator whenever the wee kids running up the, the lane and the, <laughs> and, the horses, <laughs> and the horses trampling.
3: That's what you saw when you saw that. When I saw, yeah. when I
2: watched that. I was like, oh my goodness, that's that's um, that's stars. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's
1: hilarious. No. <laughs> yeah, I know there's plenty of rugby connections. Did you ever like it? was 2000, so it was uh. I think for me it was uh, watching. A- I was playing at AIL at the time, so after watching this, I remember specifically trying to use this as a, an inspiring uh, uh, movie to make me go out and play harder in AIL matches. Um, which is uh, kind of, I don't know if it's that if it applies really when you're going playing Barn Hall away, like in the Division Two of the AIL, and you're you're like, come on, like like. <laughs> Them imagining them all before the gates open as they're going into the Coliseum and Russell Crowe trying to get them trying to get them riled up um, just imagine yeah. you scoring against uh, Barn Hall um,
2: <laughs> new atmosphere maybe 20 people at the game and you're like are you not entertained
1: take my boot uh, off and really. take my boot off and fire it into the crowd just <laughs> an old out with a dog throw my shoe at him um yeah, what a film though, my God I mean it is, obviously it's one of the best ever And uh, a lot of You know, a lot of people were kind of Russell Crowe, I suppose, being Probably the one of the greatest Characters, Maximus Of all time Right up there mm. uh, No one else could have done Could have been Maximus it's, He's so old school But yet, obviously he was an up and coming Actor, you kind of needed To be both, right? You couldn't have had just some fresh faced cool actor trying to play that. Like what I love about Russell Crowe is he became best friends with Richard Harris. He was a he was a bit of a booze hound. He was a bit wild, he was loose. Um but he was he was young fella. He kinda had an old soul. Yeah, so he uh, probably
2: he hadn't he hadn't done much really, had he before this, before Gladiator.
1: No, actually I wouldn't have. So wouldn't I'd love to know so.
2: if um maybe obviously the reputation, the career he went on to have then allowed him to, he was, he owned, or he still owns uh, South Sydney's, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So that was probably the start of that. A little bit of cash and then a new hobby, a new hobby for him.
1: Yeah, because he came to Limerick a few times after Richard Harris died to like pay, uh, respect him and stuff. um, Because he he loved the idea of the monster rugby and what, how much Richard was invested in it. And, mm. Um, I always thought that himself and Oliver Reed and Richard Harris were great pals. Oliver Reed was the, the proximal, but apparently they didn't like each other at all. Shame. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's phenomenal. Um, Marshall Mathers. I was, I was thinking, Yeah. So
2: I, um, I didn't really, so Mar- Marsha Mathers, I didn't really have a massive, I didn't really.
1: I didn't think this would be, this would be Andrew Trimble 2000. No. I didn't think, no it's not, uh, it's not. Ly- lyrically, this would be quite offensive to yes. you, with it? Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Were you appalled um, when this came out? Quite
4: vulgar,
2: fairly vulgar. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I do remember though. So I didn't really listen to much Eminem really, apart from the, the, the songs that were out there and the the music videos but do you remember this reminded me of back when you're maybe so yeah so 2000 this comes out then I would have been sitting like in fourth year fifth year maybe getting ready for exams at home at home and just flicking through do you remember you well I did anyway I knew Karang, VH1, uh, MTV2 all the different um, uh, music video channels and you knew the number on the sky remote off by heart You just like just flick through them and uh and then stand one after another. Yeah. Stan and, uh, the video, yeah. And yeah, with, with Dido, obviously. But again, and your man knew, from
1: I, uh Final Destination. Um that was the guy in it.
2: Oh yes, that's right, yeah. 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 Um it was Final Destination out of that stage? He, he,
1: I'd say so. I'd say this was in around the next same time.
2: Yeah. But yeah, you knew, like you knew I, I knew I didn't know everywhere, but I knew like pretty much. Listen that song. I don't know how countless times, but I never actually thought. Never like, as a fifteen-year-old, I never thought about what was actually happening and the oversimplification, as you put it, just a puddle. So much. Yeah, to, so much <laughs> yeah.
1: He's yeah. it. an extreme puddle because he ends up killing his wife, uh, driving her off, killing the two of them, driving off a cliff. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's mental, man. Some of the stuff he sings about, like I loved this and it was one of the first rap albums I ever bought. Um, This and I think Dr. Dre came out earlier that year, the year before. Um, So I bought that and when I listen back to it now, I'm like, what? Like that opening track is so wrong. Some of the messages and lyrics he's sending. So, but at the time it was like, yeah, this is grand. It's Mm. it's a bit Hasn't aged well, is it? Yeah. Yeah. but then you're like, OK, well, it was it was a snapshot of what he was going through and what his life was kind of like. And he's pretty misogynistic and homophobic, Um, even though he came out and just said, no, that's not what it's all about. That's uh, that's kind of like an alter ego or something like that. That's that's shouting at him that we all have inside us, which is quite. uh, It's a it's a good way to deflect. Mm-hmm. Um, But, yeah, I think like I was trying to relate to Stan, like the. The the pothole thing I don't, I don't think I've ever come across Pothole to that level I don't think many rugby players um, Would have that um, And then after that it's I think Kim is the most bonkers song that he has um, Which is about His wife And basically killing her uh, For all the things She's done And he kind of goes on about how bad she is And all that and um, I don't imagine? think I got that far I think Can I you think imagine after, being that mad? Yeah. Yeah. After a few songs I kinda
2: I was I was in the car on the way up to Port Rush to play golf. And it was kinda Stan was kinda raining my buzz, a if I'm honest. Was it? Yeah. Depressing. Yeah, so oh, I listened I on a little bit, maybe for five five or six songs and then I was like, right, that's that's enough of that.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I could I could see myself writing a song about Stan because it's brilliant storytelling and it's interesting, it's a bit depressing, but mm-hmm. the other ones like Kim, imagine me writing a song about Orla like where I wanted to um, to her you know, whatever, It like I, I don't think I could relate to it, I don't know how anyone could relate to that, people mm-hmm. loved it like maybe I could be like, Orla you, where's my wallet? She's very good at hiding my wallet and stuff and my things that I need, she'd put them in places and yeah. Uh,
3: yeah.
1: or like Orla, it leaves same. Leave the, leaves the seat of my car quite forward if she ever drives it Oh my like fuck's sake I get in I have to kind of pull my knees in and then and then pull it. so stuff like that
2: yeah and then that that hurts your osteositis pubis
1: yes exactly, <laughs> exactly.
2: orla my pubis is <laughs> my
1: pubis yeah so I, I could maybe that would be the only stretch that I could uh, I could make to write something similar to Kim but yeah all in all it's, it's ta- his talent is unquestionable um and this is a legendary album, but listen with, uh, with warning. It's, it's pretty out there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Alrighty. That's, uh, that's our three throwback album film, uh, show, or match of the week. Um, and we just have to finish with a little bit of, bit of house of rugby, Facebook chat and penguin news. What have you got for us?
2: Yeah. So we've seen, um, I think we've seen the good and the bad in the Facebook group this week. I don't know if you've noticed. There's been a small bit of—I hesitate to say bullying, but there's been um, a few mean comments in there. Uh, I'm not going to mm. name and shame because actually, Pat, I never um, got the chance to ask Pat about this, but the comments have been removed. <laughs> so I assume Pat um, got in there, but it was it was Twitter-esque. You know, um, you know, Twitter kind of mm. just descends into just abuse. Like ridiculous mm. opinions being thrown about, so it was Twitter esque So I'm glad that's kind of um, been, been Who are they directing them at? At other other poor other poor penguins. Other poor penguins. Other defenseless
1: La- defenseless. Leave penguins. it out. Leave. I do. I do notice like on Facebook where people are a little bit more. Uh, on our Facebook, they're they're a bit more understandable, and they're they're allowing each other to have an opinion. Whereas on Twitter, it's it's not allowed. You're not allowed to have an opinion. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or you are, or there's too many outrageous opinions going on, but yeah, too much shooting of, down, too, too. Yeah, it's not, it's not. We would like the Facebook group to be a, a safe area. Yeah, uh, and it is. Yeah, it is. So, you, so with that in mind, lots I mean, of talk about. Michael Jordan actually in the Last Dance, which we didn't talk about at all. Yeah,
2: um, yeah. The, the feeling. Do you want to discuss that quickly? Who's who's the Michael Jordan quickly. of Barrett rugby?
1: <sighs> yeah, a lot of people asking was Paulie the Michael Jordan of uh, like. There's 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 two sides to it. So the the what the Bulls documentary is showing, and a lot of people have come out and criticised, is that it's propaganda for Michael Jordan. Basically, it's mm-hmm. like him just being the uh, controlling editor and the producer, saying like, "I'm amazing." All these lads, yeah, they were good. They helped me out, but uh, I am absolutely untouchable. I am God, and it's pretty weird when you kind of look at it like that. a lot of like Scotty Pippen has come out and criticised it. Um, what's his name? Horace has come out and criticized it. Um Rodman has defended him, um, saying, you know, it is what it is. But uh I don't think like someone like Paulie would have the same determination and and attitude, and he's just you know, all he wants to do is win. But he's like the nicest human being in the world in the world. You That's know? the big so, difference. That's the big
2: difference. It it seems it, like I would say it looks like Jordan brought that off the pitch and he was happy to be dominant in the competition but just like a, a dominant personality and it went from he would he would disguise the way he treated the young fella I forget the name of the young fella that was there mm. but he would disguise his treatment of him by saying he was just trying to get the best out of him he wanted to get a reaction but he was just being a dick to him and he was bullying him mm. and you would never get that from O'Connell mm. Sexton mm. Rory Drico you would never get that from I don't think off the
1: pitch yeah. like that and end end. they would they would yeah. deflect they would deflect the, the praise as well which is I think is a rugby thing right like it's like you don't mm. if someone starts praising you you're like no nah, no nah, your first thing you do is you thank your team and etc whereas the NBA is definitely more about like and American sports in general is kind of about I'm class I gotta look after Brand Jordan um, yes. now saying that I absolutely loved it and I wouldn't yes, change it yes. despite all that it
2: was amazing I'm giving it a yeah. look
1: yeah, exactly. So,
2: um this week, um Penguin of the Week, Jimmy Brogan uh is is being uh, right in the thick of the discussion. He was leading um um the, the charge for Penguin of the Week this week until um Tig suggested that his mum would love to get a shout out.
3: So <laughs> so so. Uh,
2: so Jimmy, sorry, you've just been pipped. Uh and also um, Barry's mom I think would like to get a shout out, but sorry. This week's thing of the week is Brenda Byrne um, and Barry's mum's in second place. Brent, uh, Jamie, Jamie, you dropped down (laughs) to bronze medal. Sorry,
1: (laughs) my mother will not be happy with that. But look,
2: what about my mum? My mum didn't even make the podium.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, look, I'm sure they're proud of us for other reasons. Definitely not this show. (laughs) For their for their grandchildren we gave you grandchildren that should be enough right <laughs> you're welcome be happy with that um all right that's that's us that's another show wrapped we're into god knows what week in uh lockdown but it's starting to change we're starting to come back there's talks of rugby there's talks of us coming back together and getting outside and having the crack so enjoy the positivity lads it's been we've needed it right am be i right positivity
2: be, be yeah. positivity
1: Yeah. Well stay sexy Andrew Um, It's been uh, a pleasure talking to you all Uh, Big thank you to Pat, Paul, Fiona And all the gang for your help On this week's show Thanks for everyone listening And thanks for watching on YouTube This has been Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby Here on Joe Together with Guinness Party on Party on You were listening to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby on Joe Together with Guinness Drink responsibly Visit drinkaware.ie for the facts.